We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Bear Report Podcast. With Zach Pearson, Zach Pearson, and Aaron Lemming, Aaron Lemming, providing extensive coverage of the Chicago Bears. Go Bears! Presented by Blue Wire Pods. And now, here are your hosts, Zach Pearson and Aaron Lemming. What's up, Bears fans? Welcome to a very special edition of the Bear Report podcast. We're recording this on Halloween. And Ryan Poles got a little spooky again on Monday um, for all the Halloween festivities at Alice Hall. Right after a couple of the players and Matt Eberflus talk, news broke from Ian Rapport, Adam Schefter, everyone else at the Bears have traded Roquan Smith, the linebacker who wanted a new contract, did not get one over the summer, all that stuff. Um, he's now traded to Baltimore. The Bears get a second-round pick, a fifth-round pick, and veteran linebacker A.J. Klein. We decided to do a special podcast here on the Bear Report, um, myself and Aaron Lemming, who I'm going to welcome in in a second, to kind of break down our thoughts on it because, you know, I like to do like the quick emergency ones, but your thoughts aren't, you know, they're, they're the fresh thoughts. And now that both of us have had some time, about four to five hours here to kind of process this, um, we really kind of want to share our thoughts. So with that, let's bring in Aaron. And Aaron, um, I thought we were going to have to talk about the biggest news of the day, which is the White Sox interviewing Carlos Mendoza in their managerial search. But Bears had to go and um, break the big news with the Roquan Smith trade. I guess when it went down, what was kind of your first thought that went right into your head? Well, first of all, man, the White Sox, if they can make a <laughs> process painful, they will absolutely do it. And this is just foreshadowing for how bad this offseason is going to be. So, yeah, I'm just like, whatever at this point. But, yeah, man, I, I think – I, I think it's kind of like we're talking about, you know, before we started recording, right. Where it's one of those, everybody wants, or everybody's fine with the, you know, rebuild until that rebuild turns into, you know, favorite players being dealt or moves that they don't agree with being made. And I think that that's kind of where we're at in this process where, okay, yeah, the bears are three and five, you know, you can make an argument that ultimately they could be four and four, but ultimately you can make an argument that they could easily just be two and six as well. So it's one of those situations where regardless of how you look at this team and if you're over, you know, if you're impressed or if they've, you know, exceeded your expectations so far this season, this is still year one of a rebuild. And ultimately what this comes down to is, 
you know, this is just as much about accumulating talent and getting the right guys in the building as it is having the right culture fits and having the right, uh, you know, guys that actually want to be here. And again, I'm not saying that Roquan Smith wasn't a culture fit. I'm not going to go that far. I'm not going to say anything like that because I don't know. But what I will say is, is that when this whole situation broke out and back in August and, you know, we held out a training camp, that's his right or held in whatever it was. And they tried to get a deal done. He represented himself. And we talked about this multiple times back in August, he represented himself. They didn't get a deal done. They decided to table talks until after, you know, after the conclusion of the season, the bears had the franchise tag at their disposal. You know, if Roquan Smith goes out and has a good year, he's probably going to get the money that he's asking for. And again, he's trying to, you know, he wants to reset the market at linebacker, which is already damn near $20 million a year anyway, at a non-premium position. And I mean, to be completely honest, I mean, objectively speaking, Roquan Smith has been bad more than he's been good this year. And again, that's not to say Roquan Smith is a bad linebacker. Roquan Smith is one of the better linebackers in the league, but key one of, he's not at that top level. He's not Fred Warner. He's not uh, Shaquille Leonard. He is, I would say probably within the top, I don't know, three to five, but I think that there's also a, a decent sized gap between a guy like Warner and Leonard and a guy like, Le- or, you know, and a, and a guy like, uh, you know, Roquan Smith. So I think ultimately what this comes down to is, is that he may be better suited in a three, four where he can play that mic or where, you know, where, where he can play the, you know, the Jack or whatever it may be. And maybe that that's going to be a better fit for him. Like it will be, um, you know, with the Ravens. And ultimately what it comes down to is yes, the bears have a ton of money. They're going to have a lot of resources, but at the same time is your first big move that you want to make as a GM extending a non-premium position like, you know, inside linebacker or Will or Mike or what, you know, he's kind of been switching between the two. Is that really the big move that you want to make right out of the gate? And again, I'm not saying right or wrong on that. What, what I am saying is the Bears clearly made the decision. And for as many people, you know, that want to say that he was a perfect fit in this defense, that, you know, that he was going to be, you know, a star or whatever it may be. It's like, well, Matt Eberflus, who has developed, Shaquille Leonard into the linebacker that he is today. If he says, okay, go ahead and trade the guy. He obviously had a sign off on this to happen. So here we are again, it doesn't have to be a bad or good thing. I mean, really what this comes down to is this could be a win-win for both teams, but ultimately the bears stuck their foot in the ground. They said, this is what we're willing to pay you. Roquan Smith didn't like it. Roquan Smith represented himself. Roquan Smith, frankly, didn't really have that good of a start to a year outside of a few games. And the Bears turned around, they got a second round pick, they got a fifth round pick, and they moved on. I think, again, this can be a win-win. Nobody has to be the bad guy in this situation. It's tough. It's conflicting. I've said that as well, but it is what it is at this point. Yeah, sorry, I hit the wrong application button there. Yeah, I mean, you know, a couple of things to kind of unpack with this. The whole thing with the contract situation in the summer um, was a big key, and it surprised a lot of people what Roquan Smith did. I mean, he came out publicly, he played his hand, and I think it surprised a lot of people what Ryan Poles did, too, pretty much calling the bluff. I mean, Ryan Poles didn't back down. He was respectful and praising Roquan Smith. Um, he didn't give Roquan Smith what Roquan Smith wanted. Um, you know, I think Roquan Smith is a really damn good linebacker, one of the best in the NFL, it's hard to pay him that much money for an off-ball linebacker that's going into a new scheme. 
Um, and it's just not a premium position in the NFL anymore. It's not quarterback. It's not tackle. It's, it's not wide receiver. It's not these positions, you know, safety that are getting the big money. It's just that's the reality of the NFL right now. And, you know, when Roquan wanted to go back and focus on football, you could kind of tell when Poles was talking that, you know, the two sides were far apart. I mean, they were really far apart in negotiations. And, you know, the Bears had the option. Will they franchise tag him, which is going to cost over $17 million next year? That probably wasn't very realistic. Why would the Bears do that at all? Or would they let him go and not get anything back? And I think, you know, it kind of came down to the point where Ryan Poles was processing this and was obviously listening to offers like he is for a lot of the players on the team or has been, and then decided, well, you know, instead of $17 million in cap space for next year on a franchise tag, I think we're too far apart. Let me see what I can get for him. And he goes and makes a trade. Now, the other thing to kind of consider here is Ryan Bowles has completely overturned this roster. He said from day one, they want to build in the trenches. They want to build through the draft. They want to build their way. And now he gets a 2023 second round pick. He gets a 2023 fifth round pick, which will be the higher of the two picks the Ravens have. And he just adds to more draft capital, more draft ammo to build his roster. And for me, I said this on Twitter, I I think the win-win situation for the Bears, it's hard. I don't want the Bears to go out and lose every single game. I I like the Bears. The Bears are better when they win. It's so much more fun. But best situation for the Bears right now is they get a top five, top ten pick. Justin Fields shows improvement. Ding, ding, ding. He has. And they build through the draft with those draft picks. And you could come into a scenario where the Bears find out Justin Fields is their quarterback this year. They have faith in him. They have, let's say, a top five, top seven pick. And one of these teams that needs a quarterback comes up and offers you two first-round picks and let's say like a third-round pick. You take that deal and you add more draft capital. Or you're going to be sitting there with a top five, top seven pick and likely going to get your pick of one of the top wide receivers in this draft, one of the top defensive players in this draft, or potentially a top tackle in this draft because one to two quarterbacks probably three are going to go within that first top seven picks. So I think Ryan Poles has really positioned himself and the Bears franchise to find success in the future, at least have a shot at rebuilding the way they want to rebuild. Well, the thing is, I mean, we have been complimentary, both complimentary and critical of Poles this offseason because, I mean, again, like I, I think that it should be applauded that he has decided to gut the roster the way that he has. And I know that there's quite a few people out there that want to talk about, you know, the culture and, and what this, you know, what kind of message it sends to the players currently on the roster. Well, I got news for you, man. I mean, this roster is already 65% turnover from this year. And if you look at the roster moving into next year, they got 33 players under contract, and that's not counting any of their exclusive rights free agents. But of those 33 players, let's be honest, how many of those guys are long-term players? Because realistically, at this point, I would say that the Bears really don't have very many cornerstone players and or blue chip players. Welcome to year one of a rebuild, right? So this whole idea that the Bears trading away Robert Quinn and and Roquan Smith, their leaders, is going to be this huge thing and it's going to send this terrible message. The reality of the fact is, man, the Bears are going to have, you know, after rollover and everything else, when they get, you know, get to the rule of 51, they're going to have probably anywhere from 110 to $115 million 
to work with next year. That's not counting any cuts that they may make. That's not counting anything else that they may do. So they're going to have money. They're going to have to spend money because of the cap floor and because of the cash floor. So the reality of it is, is that the Bears are going to spend money. They're going to add players. They're going to, I, I don't know if they're going to, you know, fish at the top of the market for a ton of players, but they're going to have to spend a certain amount of money, right? I mean, that just is what it is. And ultimately you can say whatever you want in terms of, you know, free agents wants, you know, you know, certain free agents want to go to, you know, good teams or teams that are close, blah, 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 blah. But as we've seen in the last few free agencies, including this last year with the Jacksonville Jaguars, who are what, two and six right now, is the fact that, Regardless of, uh, you know, regardless of what's going on, if you throw enough money at a player, they'll come to your team. It just is what it is. So, again, I understand that, you know, especially with, you know, Robert Quinn, the Robert Quinn trade made all the sense in the world. I understand some people thought maybe the Bears should have traded him earlier in the offseason. Maybe they would have got more for him. Maybe that's the case. Who knows? But I think with with Roquan Smith, it's one of those situations. If you get halfway through the season of a contract year, with a guy like that where you know that you're going to be able to get some quality draft capital for him and you either don't know that you want him on the roster long-term or you don't want him on the roster long-term, why would you hold on to him? Why would you turn around and tag him or let him walk in free agency, especially in a year where you can forget about comp picks in 2024? That's not going to happen. The Bears are going to, they're going to spend way too much and they're going to be hunting way too many free agents for that to even be a thing. So again, that, that whole thought process of, oh, well, he can get 18 to $20 million elsewhere and the Bears can get a comp pick. That's not the time for that because the Bears are going to be signing guys left and right and they're going to be spending money. So again, when you go back and you look at at least then this this is this is where I'm at with it. Again, I like Roquan Smith. I'm really bummed out he's leaving. I thought he was one of the better, you know, players on the Bears. I don't even think that's really debatable. I mean, he was one of the Bears' better players. He's one of the few quote unquote blue chip players that they did have. But again, if he doesn't fit, he doesn't fit. So, you know, but like you pointed out earlier. The Bears need to build the trenches. This is something that I think we saw a lot of on Sunday where it doesn't matter how good Roquan Smith is. If your defensive line cannot get to the quarterback and can't stop the run and has, you know, bottom five talent level in the league, you know, in terms of that, you're not going to do much anyway. And the value of your linebackers is going to suffer because of it. So, again, you know, you, you look at where they're going to be in the draft, whether they're top five, top seven. I mean, honestly, I, I think it kind of obviously we didn't get to record together last week. But I think if you would have talked to either one of us last week, I think, you know, the the emotions would have been higher last week. And it would probably have been, yeah, this team could finish with seven or eight wins. And then the Bears go out and they get I, I wouldn't really call it a blowout. Everybody here in Dallas is calling it a blowout. I think it was relatively close game for a decent amount. And quite frankly, if the bears hadn't made a few mistakes, it probably would have been closer. Maybe the bears would have had a chance to either tie it or, you know, try to take the lead, whatever, not the point. But the reality of it is, is that this is going to be an up and down team because they are a rebuilding team. They're sitting at three and five. I think that's probably about where both of us had this team at moving, you know, moving into the first eight games of the season. But again, when you look at the deficiencies on this team, yes, linebacker is, important. I'm not saying that it's not, but when you already have a secondary that's in pretty good shape and then you start looking and you say, okay, well, what about the offensive line? What about the defensive line? What about the receivers? That is where you need to be throwing your resources. In. And again, we saw it on Sunday. We've seen it all year with the offensive line has not been very good. They're going to need to make multiple moves there. Receiver. I don't know how many times I can say it. The bears need more playmakers at receiver. Darnell Mooney is a good number two, but outside of that, what do they have? 
frankly, I mean, we've seen, I don't know how many deep balls, I don't know how many nice throws in the end zone from Justin Fields that aren't caught because they just don't simply, they don't have playmakers uh, at receiver. And then you look at the defensive line, they've been getting gashed in the run game. They can't get to the quarterback. If they get two sacks in a game, that's a good game for them. I mean, the reality of it is, is that they need talent in more important areas. And again, that's not to degrade anything about Roquan Smith. Roquan Smith is a very good player. I think he's going to light it up for the Ravens and he's going to get paid, I would guess, 18 to $20 million a year somewhere next year. You know, whether it's with the Ravens or maybe they let him walk and they take a comp pick, who knows? But for the Bears in their current situation, even with the amount of draft picks and, you know, the salary cap that they're going to have, it makes more sense for them to say, hey, we need a legit three technique. We need at least two edge rushers. We need at least two, you know, better receivers, top end receivers. We need at least two upgrades on the offensive line. That right there can get really expensive because as we've seen this offseason, as we see every offseason, you know what happens with those premium positions that every single team covets, which all three of those positions that we just talked about were, they get paid a lot of money. You have to spend high amounts of resources, whether that's in free agency, whether that's in draft capital, or whether that's in uh, you know uh, trade capital. You have to have the resources in order to do it. How are they going to have those resources if they're sinking in $20 million a year to a linebacker? So again, I understand it. It's frustrating. I know some people are looking at why would you trade away one of the blue chips? I, I see both sides of it, but very clearly the Bears have planted their foot and they said, this is what we're going to value. We need to spend money here. And ultimately, just because the Bears have $115 million to spend this year after it's all said and done, and they're going to have more next year because they roll some over. At some point in time, if Justin Fields is the guy, they're going to have to pay Justin Fields. At some point in time, they're going to have to pay a guy like Darnell Mooney. At some point in time, they're going to have to pay some of these other younger players that they end up drafting. So it's like, it's, it's not like the $115 million that they're going to have to spend this offseason. It doesn't mean that it's going to be that way in three years. How many times do we see it where teams are up and coming and you think, you know, they have this huge ceiling and they've got all this, you know, future cap flexibility and they can do whatever they want. And then the next thing you know, two or three years down the road, now they're struggling. They're having to cut players. They're having to restructure. That's the same exact thing that will happen with the Bears if all goes right. So, again, it's just – it's all about perspective and understanding that sometimes in the moment, things may not make as much sense, but it comes down to allocation of resources. And really at this point in time, and, and you know, and, and a lot of successful rebuilding teams, they build through the trenches, they build at the most valuable positions. If the Bears have the quarterback situation figured out, that's a huge boost to them, but that doesn't mean they don't need an offensive line. It doesn't mean they don't need a defensive line, and it doesn't mean that they don't need receivers. And ultimately, I think that's really what Ryan Poles has made the decision with. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? 
You need Indeed. Yeah, and they've set themselves up, you know, as I said, to pretty much build this the way that that they want to build this. I mean, it, it's it, the Bears were not married to any player on this roster. We both have said it throughout the entire offseason on, the, on this podcast. Um, you know, obviously outside of Justin Fields, you know, pretty much anyone was pretty much going to go and, and could have been traded. And I think we just saw that, you know, Robert Quinn made a lot of sense. He made a lot of sense in the off season. Roquan going into this year, you know, maybe during the draft, a little after before the contract stuff came out, I, I would have probably called people crazy, but then the contract stuff came out. He wanted what he wanted, came public with it, et cetera. You know, it, it just all kind of made sense um, from there. And, you know, Ryan Poles, got a draft pick for Robert Quinn. Um, he got, he got, he got two draft picks for Roquan Smith. Um, they're, they're paying a little bit of Robert Quinn's contract. They're not paying Roquan's contract from what I understand. He's working this, how he wants to work this and, and what he wants to do to envision building his roster here in Chicago. And, Honestly, you know, it's crazy. Like you said, a lot of people have emotional attachments. Roquan is one of the better linebackers in the league. I agree. It's just when you can, when you're going to tear it down, they were never going to call it a rebuild. That was never going to happen. When you can tear it down and build it your way, that's that's just what's going to happen. And, and, you know, none of these players are really outside the rookie class and free agents are players for Eberflus or, or Ryan Pohl. So it makes sense that way. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think that it's just, again, man, it's just, it's one of those situations where it's just, it, it's all about allocation of resources and it's all about trying to figure out where you actually want to put the value of your roster. Because again, it's easy to tear down. And, and again, don't get me wrong. There's, I'm not dismissing the risk involved because there is some risk involved with getting rid of your blue chip players. There is risk involved with saying, hey, we're going to give up a known quantity, a known entity, and we're going to say, okay, we're going to use that money elsewhere. We're going to take the draft picks and run. Because as we've seen this offseason, again, much more limited resources. You know, Ryan Poles has got a lot to improve, you know, to to prove to fans and prove that he can actually identify quality talent at all levels in free agency in the draft. I mean, all you got to do is look at Bayless Jones Jr. as a third round pick and say, well, maybe he didn't get that one right. Or you look at a, the majority of their free agent signings right now really haven't played all that well. Again, limited resources. We'll have to see what happens. You never want to judge a draft pick simply, you know, this early in the process. With that being said, though, you have to take these kind of risks now. Because here's the thing. Okay, if 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 Justin Fields isn't the guy, this is going to be a prolonged rebuild. And really, there's no, at least in my opinion, there's no uh, there's no real end date or expiration date on when this can end. If Justin Fields is the guy, things get considerably easier. But again, if you look at the successful teams in the NFL right now, what have they done for their quarterbacks? I mean, what one? Why are they successful? And that's usually because they're really good offensively, right? And two, why are they so good offensively? And if you look at some of the, you know, some of the quarterback situations around the league, especially with third-year quarterbacks, right? And this is a tweet. I can't remember who tweeted that earlier. I'm not trying to steal credit by any means, but somebody basically tweeted out earlier, you know, you talk about, you know, uh, Jalen Hurts has taken a big step in year three. Why? Because they went out and they added A.J. Brown. 
Um, you know, you look at some of these other situations in terms of, you know, teams that have gone out in year three, the same thing with Tua. They go out, they get Tyreek Hill. Tua's taken a big step, at least in the statistical category. I'll be honest, I watch Tua and I still don't really understand a lot of the hype per se. But again, you can't really argue with the fact that they have a really explosive offense. If you look at some of these third-year quarterbacks and getting not just weapons, not just, you know, doing the Jacksonville Jaguars thing and throwing a ton of money at mediocre players and hoping that that's going to work and lead them to a two and six record so far and a second-year quarterback who's trending in the wrong direction. But if you actually do things the right way and you add the right amount of talent and you add the right guys, things can turn around quickly. And I think ultimately that's what this comes down to, right? Again, if you go back and you look at a lot of the rebuilding teams, a lot of the successful rebuilding teams, even look at a team like the Bears, for example, back when Ryan Pace was rebuilding this thing, what did they do? They went out and they attacked the trenches right out of the gate, the offensive line, the defensive line. At one point, the Bears actually had a pretty good offensive line. The same thing. I mean, they had an elite, I mean, an elite defensive line for years under Vic Fangio. I mean, go back and look. I mean, Akeem Hicks was a guy that wasn't really a known quantity. Eddie Goldman was a second-round pick as a nose tackle. Um, you know, you go out and you, and you look and you see, okay, at one point they had Leonard Floyd. They needed more pass rush help. What do they do? They go out and they trade for Khalil Mack. They built up the trenches. That was one of the things, especially defensively, that the Bears always had was they always had a good defensive line, which always led them to having top 15 or better defenses. And I think that when you look at the Bears and their current configuration – it's worth understanding that, yes, they are in the middle of a rebuild, and obviously expectations are never going to be lower, but I think that the deficiencies on this team are very, very, very clear right now. They have some good building blocks in secondary. Linebacker is obviously something that they're going to need to address, but again, if you look at linebacker, and if you look at some of the better linebackers in the league, most of those linebackers were not taken in the first round of the draft. The Bears don't need to go out and spend a first-round pick on a linebacker. I mean, I mean, just look at some of the guys that are out there right now. I mean, again, Shaq Leonard, uh, Fred Warner, uh, Bobby Wagner. I mean, all those guys were day two picks. So again, if you use your if you use your resources right, if you use them correctly then things go a lot better. And again, there's still a lot to be determined, but at the beginning of a rebuild like this and just where the Bears are, and the fact is, man, I, and I get it, I know a lot of people were kind of riding the hype train a little bit after the New England win, and a lot of people were expecting this team to surprise the national media and prove everybody wrong, but they're still a rebuilding team. If they win five or six, maybe seven games this year, Really, in my opinion, as long as Justin Fields is a guy, and I think as long as they end up with a top 10 pick, where again, like you pointed out, you can either move down or you can, you know, stay wherever you're at and take a receiver, take an offensive lineman, defensive lineman, whatever it is. I think the Bears are setting themselves up to be in a good position. That doesn't guarantee that they're going to have success. It doesn't guarantee that Ryan Poles is going to be a good general manager and make all the right decisions. But what it does do is it puts him in a lot better position than he was coming into this year where he had basically no resources at all. And now it's time to talk to our listeners about Odds Trader. Odds Trader is the best site to compare all odds from all major sports books. Not only can you compare odds, but you can also compare different sign-up codes and promotions from sports books all over to get the best deal. What's better than that? Our friends at Odds Trader provide the best player statistics, key game stats, injury reports, projected game day weather, and much, much more to help keep our betters informed on what's going on. We have college football, the NFL, the NBA's here, NHL. We have the World Series still going on. And soon you'll be able to bet on soccer as well. That's why you want to get Odds Trader. 
Odds Trader features handicapping, play-by-play updates, live scores, bet tracking, key game statistics, projected game day weather, and much more. Go to oddstrader.com slash bluewire. Once again, that's oddstrader.com slash bluewire. Oddstrader, the number one site for all your game day bets. Oh, yeah, I mean, it. I keep going back, man. Like, he really had to, like, he, he inherited just a crazy situation. Like, all the dead money moved down the line, all the big contracts, all the poor draft classes by, by um, Ryan Pace. Things like that. He really shaping this entire roster, and they're 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 in the process of it. This is year one. Like I said, they're never going to call it a rebuild. They, they just don't. That's stupid to call it a rebuild. They are just going with it. it. We should have expected it from the start. And now, you know, you look to see what you have in some of these guys. And, and in terms of other moves, the trade deadline is Tuesday. I I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, there's there's rumors swirling. The Bears are taking calls on other players. If I'm looking at it, I mean, I'm at least listening to most of the players on the roster. I am not listening for Justin Fields, um, you know, but I could see them listening to players like David Montgomery, Eddie Jackson, Jalen Johnson, even potentially. I, I wouldn't trade Jalen Johnson or, or, or Eddie Jackson. Um, I would move David Montgomery if I got the right offer, because I, I think Cleo Herbert's more than capable of being a starting running back. But they're listening to guys, you know, maybe a, a tackle like Riley Reef, who hasn't been able to show what he can do here in Chicago, could be a value to a team that needs a veteran on the offensive line, that, that has played in big games, things like that. So I wouldn't be shocked if they made more moves. But bottom line is, man, they have the draft capital now, and they're going to have the um, salary cap too. And here's the thing. They're not going to spend all this money on next year in the salary cap. They're going to have more left over. They still have to sign the players, extensions, and stuff like that. They're not going to use all of it, though. So, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. But going back to the draft picks, man, I mean, looking at it today, the Bears, as it stands right now, they have their first-round pick, their second-round pick, Baltimore's second-round pick, their own third, their own fourth, Philadelphia's fourth, their own fifth, Baltimore's fifth, and their own seventh. So they have, what's that, one, two, three, that's nine picks right now. And who's to say they might not be trading anymore um, anytime sooner or acquiring more picks even during the draft. So this, for me, it comes down to this. This is a very, 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 very important offseason for Ryan Poles and Matty Rufus. Duh, I know that. It's a very important offseason because they're going to have to hit on some of these picks. You know, you can have that first rounder, you can have those second rounders, you can have the third, you can have a couple day three picks. If you don't hit on those picks, your rebuild is going to be set back a little, a little more. If you hit on these picks, it's going to accelerate a little faster. And I think right now, looking at the draft class that Ryan Poles turned in this year, it's early. It looks like they have a stud in Jaquan Brisker. It looks like they have a kid in um, Kyler Gordon who's starting to figure it out. They have a potential left tackle in Braxton Jones who is learning. He's been struggling, but he's gone up against arguably four of the best defensive lines in all of football with San Francisco. Green Bay, Washington, now um, Dallas, but ten, you know even the New York Giants too. So he's getting he's getting that reps. I'd be a little concerned about the free agency because there's not any big wide receivers out there next year. And I think it's fair to say Ryan Poles' first free agent class um, was a bit of a mess and, and everything that went down. But they have the resources now. It's a full rebuild. And it's going to be a very important offseason that's going to start. I mean, it's pretty much starting now with the scouting. It's already gone on. You know, not only at the combine, college games now, free agency, seeing other players on their teams. 
every move they make is going to be very, very, very important come this offseason. It is. It definitely is. And again, I, I think the biggest thing that a rebuilding team can have is a you know good amount of resources. And I think that the Bears are already in that territory. And like you pointed out, I mean, the Bears are going to be in an interesting position depending on obviously where they finish with, you know, within the draft order, because I think one thing that is worth noting is that the bears have a, you know, for as easy as their schedule looked on paper, moving into the off season or moving into the season, it has not been that way at all. The bears actually have one of the tougher strengths of schedule so far. And unfortunately, when it comes down to draft positioning, uh, in terms of tiebreakers, that actually hurts them because basically what it does is if you have a higher strength of schedule, um, that is the tiebreaker. If let's just say you have, let's just hypothetically say that there's five, six win teams, you know, ranging from eight to 12, you know, eight to 12 or eight to 13, whatever the number would be on that. And the Bears have the highest strength of schedule. Guess what? They pick the last out of that group in the first round and then it would you know, crumple over into the second round and then they'd have the first, you know, pick, uh, you know, out of that group in the second round. So again, in terms of like first round status, uh, because of their strength of schedule, they're going to be in kind of a tough position because, I mean, if you look at the rest of their schedule, man, they still got some tough teams ahead. I mean, they still have Minnesota again. They have Miami this weekend. Uh, they have the Eagles, they have the Bills. Like there are, one, there are a lot of losable games on the schedule, but two, there are a lot of games on the schedule where, you know, outside of the teams that they've already, some of the good teams that they've already played, there are a lot of teams on that schedule that are going to hurt their strength of schedule. But again, that's not a huge thing. But I think depending on where the Bears finish, I think it's going to be really interesting because again, hypothetically speaking, let's say that they're sitting right around, let's just say five or six, right? They're, they're you know, sitting right around five or six. That could be a prime spot for that third quarterback to go. It could be a prime spot for them to pick up one of the, you know, top uh, defensive players, whether that's Will Anderson, whether that's uh, Jalen Carter, whatever. I mean, again, way too early to be talking about specific names or, you know, that could be one of those spots where maybe that's where you take the first receiver. Again, I've never really been a big fan of taking receivers in the top 10. I don't really think that's, Great value, um, but I guess, you know, with the way the NFL is trending right now and the way the receivers are getting paid, maybe that's, you know, definitely kind of an outdated outlook on that. But either way, I mean, the Bears are going to have a multitude of different options. Um, and I think that ultimately with what both of these teams, can, what, what both of their general manager and their assistant general manager with, uh, with Ryan Poles and Ian Cunningham came from, both of those teams are known for garnering more picks during the process of the draft. So, I mean, what better way to, you know, get a whole bunch of other picks and, you know, the trade down in the first round, maybe you pick up, you know, an extra second and then a future first, there's different ways to do it. And I think ultimately the, I don't even say, I wouldn't even say the fastest way, but the best way to rebuild um, as we've seen is drafting, um, you know, drafting the right players and then being able to extend those guys. Now I know a lot of people talk about, you know, a team like the, the Rams who, never really have, uh, you know, never really have a ton of draft picks. But if you actually look at the majority of the roster, the majority of the roster are draft picks. And the guys that aren't, you know, aren't those draft picks are the guys that they traded for those draft picks because they're able to extend guys on top of it. So, again, I mean, the blueprint's out there for successful NFL teams. Uh, you know, obviously one of the big things is having the quarterback. But in terms of overall roster construction, a lot of this is going to be built through the draft. You pointed out the free agency isn't overly strong. I think the Bears are going to have to be really smart in how they attack that. I think, 
you know, a guy like Jacoby Myers, maybe Alan Lazard, you know, you go out and you sign like a number two receiver with the idea that, you know, you're basically saying like, hey, we also need to go out and we need to draft a receiver high. I think the Bears need two I wouldn't say top end. I think they would need one top end receiver, but they need another number two or number three, a quality number two or number three, not a Byron Pringle, not an EQ St. Brown, not an Akeel Harry, a quality proven uh, number two or number three guy. Again, Jacoby, Jacoby Meyer, uh, you know, somebody like that, or even Alan Lazard, somebody in that realm, I think makes sense for them. But again, you know, I don't think we need to get too much in the, you know, the specifics of all that. I think really what this comes down to is, the Bears are positioning themselves to be in a spot where they can make a big dent in the overall long-term outlook of this rebuild. And I think that that is kind of the key thing moving forward. And I'll be honest, I mean, and this, I, I think this is definitely something that we should talk about is I'm not convinced that the Bears are done, man. I'm really not. I, I, I just, whether that is trading a guy like David Montgomery, maybe Eddie Jackson, I still don't know that trading Eddie Jackson makes a ton of sense. One, because of his contract, and I don't know how – much they'd be able to get for him. And two, I mean, let's be honest, man, Eddie Jackson is back. Like Eddie Jackson is back to being that top tier safety that he was um, when he signed that long-term extension. But maybe if the Bears don't view David uh, Montgomery as a long-term solution at running back, if they don't plan on extending him, maybe it makes sense to get a fifth round pick for him at this point. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Or on the other side of that, yes, the Bears have nine draft picks. Yes, the Bears want to garner more draft picks. But let's just say that you can get a, um, I don't know, I mean, I, I think Jacoby Myers may end up going for a little bit more, even though he's going to be a free agent next year. But I mean, I'm sure that there's going to be a few different names out there that maybe you can get for a fourth, fifth, maybe a sixth round pick that you can add as that number three receiver. And then it takes a little bit of pressure off next offseason. So I don't know. I Maybe I'm crazy, but I feel like the Bears aren't done yet. And I, I, I don't know. I'm, I guess I'm not ruling out the fact that the Bears could end up making a more low-cost move for a position of need. And I think receiver is the one that really makes the most sense. And again, I'm not saying aim for the stars like a DJ Moore, but I do think maybe a Kendrick Bourne could make some sense as a solidified number three so that way you take some pressure off going into the offseason where you're not having to force another move. Well, here's my thing, Aaron. Uh, before we talk on who else could be traded, I kind of like Nikhil Harry, man. I, I really liked what I saw from him yesterday, like uh, on Sunday. And I'm not saying, like like you said, I, I do agree. I think they need a legit number one. They need a legit number two. They need a number three. I'm not saying Harry could be any of that. I mean, Sure, there's a slim chance. I need to see a lot more. 
I liked what I saw on that touchdown catch. Like that's a big body receiver using his body to make a catch on a good throw from a quarterback. So I'm curious to see what they got in the kill Harry. Um, and it kind of transitions over. Like it's obvious every game, every season you scout your roster on who can help you in the future. And we're going to see a lot more of that now magnified the final stretch here in the season. Guys are literally going to be fighting for jobs for next year. You know, you're, you, you're going to be looking at guys like, can Lucas Patrick contribute when he, when he returns? What do you do with Cody White here? You know, guys that were brought in on one-year deals. Someone like Nikhil Harry was traded for. Can he prove to be someone? You know, EQ St. Brown, um, Byron Pringle. I think they need a clean house and wide receiver. I would keep Darnell Mooney, obviously. I'd probably extend them. Um, they're, they're, they're not going to move on from Bayless Jones. This talk of you can't put him on the field right now is nonsense. You have to put him on the field. You draft him in the third round. You have to put him on the field. I would rather watch Bayless Jones fail on the field and maybe start to pick things up than just sitting over on the bench. It makes zero sense to keep him off the field. In terms of who could be traded next, I mean, obviously the name that keeps going around on Twitter that we're seeing a lot is David Montgomery, speculation, all that. But, I mean, now Adam Shepard came out, and so the Colts have taken calls on Naheem Hines. And Kareem Hunt was being rumored in trade talks as well. There's a couple running backs that are out there that are are being, um, you know, in these trade talks. And I just don't know. Like, you know, if you're Buffalo or if you're a team that's right in the playoff mix, you know, um, I know Baltimore got what Gus Edwards back. But if you're a team in that playoff mix – that needs a running back. Are you looking at David Montgomery? Um, are you looking at Naheem Hines? Are you looking at Kareem Hunt? Other guys? I don't know. I mean, Montgomery's an interesting one. From what I've seen from Eddie Jackson this year, he's completely turned it around. And I really think he's benefiting from this defensive scheme, number one, having a true strong safety next to him in Jaquan Brisker, number two. But he also, I mean, he falls into that category of it wasn't a Ryan Poles guy. He's a guy that's a little older than, than 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 this roster. And, you know, maybe there's a team that needs a safety and come out and give you a second or third or fourth round pick. Do you do it? I don't I don't know, man. I I, I like Eddie Jackson. I'd probably lean towards keeping him. Um, I would probably lean towards keeping someone like Jalen Johnson as well. Although I'm not saying he's being speculating any trade talk. I'm just kind of going through who would have the most value on this roster. And for me, it's those two guys on defense. It's someone like Riley Reef on offense. And it's someone like David Montgomery. And and I don't know, man. I, I'm going to say, my I don't think they're going to make a move to trade someone away. Um, I don't know if they're going to make a move to, to trade for anyone. I just don't see them giving up the draft capital right now that they've acquired. Yeah, well, I think it's I think it's all I think in terms of trading for somebody, I think it would have to either be a top end player. And again, I'm not saying DJ Moore very clearly DJ Moore is not available, but let's just say you could get him for a second round pick or a pair of second round picks or whatever. I think that that's a that's a move that you could at least um, see making. But I think if they are going to make a move again, I think you're talking about more of again like a a solidified bottom end two three type receiver like a Kendrick Bourne, somebody along those lines that you're not giving up a lot for, you're not having to pay a lot for because that's another thing too. Like I know a lot of people want to see the Bears go out and sign you know, a top end free agent receiver, which one there really isn't any out there, but even if they don't, I don't know that they're going to go out and spend a crazy amount of money at receiver, because again, at some point in time, I would assume that they're going to pay Darnell Mooney. Now, obviously 
Well, there's not there's not much out there wide receiver to the free agent as of right now. Exactly. There's there's really not. And even if there was, I don't know. I mean, yes, obviously they could they could justify um, you know, spending the amount of money or whatever, but it, it just like when you're looking at it, I mean Darnell Mooney, I would say Darnell Mooney's price tag, depending on how he finishes out the year and what goes on, is either gonna be anywhere, I would say anywhere from fifteen to twenty million dollars a year, right? I don't know that going out and signing a guy like Jacoby Myers in the offseason or even Alan Lazard for another $15 million a year, I don't know that that is going to be something that the Bears going to want to do again. Who knows? But And that's why I almost kind of wonder if somebody like a Kendrick Bourne could make sense because, again, you got Darnell Mooney as your number two. You get a guy like Kendrick Bourne who at one point was New England's number two and it was a pretty quality number two. You throw him in as a number three, you go out and you draft, uh, you know, your number one guy. And again, like you said, you have a guy like Nikhil Harry, who, frankly, let's be honest, man, there's what, there's nine games left. Uh, unless he really goes off, I, th- I think he's going to be one of those. He could, you could probably end up getting him for a one year, $5 million deal and seeing who he really is, you know? So I, I don't, I, at least in my personal opinion, I think the route to fixing receiver, or at least making receiver, um, you know, league average or maybe a little bit above league average is a lot easier than it's going to be to fix this defensive line and to fix this offensive line. Um, and, I, and I think that, again, you know, maybe, maybe you know, drawn pain that ends up being available and with him being a free agent next year, maybe, maybe that's a move that the Bears want to make too. I don't know. Again, I'm just kind of spitballing because, frankly, you know, I, out of all the names that we've seen floated around, I just don't know how many guys are going to get dealt. But it just feels to me like, and I could be completely wrong, it feels to me like one way or another the Bears aren't quite done yet. Um, and it's going to be very interesting to kind of see, one, how things develop for the Bears, and then, two, if guys like Naheem Hines get dealt. Um, if some of these other names like, uh, you know, uh, Bradley Chubb and some of these other names get dealt around the league. Again, not anything Bears-related, but – uh, it, it's definitely going to be interesting to see how, because I mean, there's a lot of teams right now that are in that three to four win bubble that are kind of like, like the Broncos, for example, they're right on the, the bubble of if they have a little bit of a run, they can get themselves back in it, but they're also, you know, one or two losses in a row again, away from being completely out of it. There's a lot of those teams out there. So it's going to be interesting to see how some of these teams view themselves, but it's very clear if anything that the bears view themselves as a, you know, a rebuilding team, that is not trying to contend for a playoff spot. So I, that's why I almost kind of think that maybe, just maybe, that this could end up uh, benefiting them in some way to be able to make another move or two. But I guess we'll see. I mean, there's definitely – it's going to be an interesting uh, day tomorrow. And, again, it's not the MLB tr- trade deadline. It's not the M- NBA trade deadline. But I do think that we're going to see at least a decent amount of moves around the league tomorrow. Yeah, and, and you know, if the Bears do make a move, we'll hop on tomorrow night more than likely to kind of wrap things up with with, with the trade deadline. Um, we'll just, I mean, we'll have to see. I mean, it, it's going to be interesting. You know, it's kind of hard to say as you and I sit here, like, I don't think either of us can say confidently, like, yeah, they're going to make another move for this player or no, they're not going to make another move. They're going to kind of stand pat or, or this or that or whatever, you know. So it's going to be an interesting one. But the future is bright, man. Like, I'm actually thinking my one of the first reactions I had today was like, it's going to be so much fun covering this team in the offseason. You know, the rest of the season is going to stink, man. Like, they're probably going to win, what, two to three games at the most, maybe one um, the rest of the year. And there's going to be some painful games, man. They have some good offenses 
that they have to go up against. They have Miami, they have Philadelphia, they have um, the Bills, you know, Minnesota again. It's 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 going to be interesting to see how this defense competes and this team competes. But again, the most important thing is Justin Fields. And once we get into that offseason stuff, it's going to be really, really, really fun to cover and do the mock offseasons and all that stuff because it is, a like you said, man, this is going to be a very important offseason and the Bears are going to have to hit on a lot of these picks and a lot of these signings to kind of accelerate um, this rebuild up. So I guess, Aaron, as we, as we wrap things up here, where can we follow you on Twitter and uh, read your work at? Yep, you can find me on Twitter at Aaron Lemming NFL, and you can read my work on thebearreport.com. Yes, and of course, you can follow me on Twitter at Zach, Z-A-C-K underscore Pearson. You can follow the Bear Report at Just Bear Report. Um, please rate, review, subscribe on all major podcasting platforms. Check out our YouTube channel as well. Um, lots of content coming. And like I said, man, it's going to be a very interesting and fun um, next couple months. I don't want to get into the offseason right away because I love football so much. But, man, it's going to be fun to cover all that stuff. Till next time, everyone, please stay safe. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.